Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Hope everyone is doing well or as well as they can be during an international break where it seems like there's a new Villa player getting injured every day. So let's uh, knock on wood, cross our fingers, whatever whatever kind of uh, superstitious, uh, I guess, being you want to be on any given day when it comes to Villa and their luck with injuries thus far. But nonetheless, it's a special edition of the Holt cast. We're not entirely sure when this will go out. I imagine it'll probably be an unusual Monday to keep things a little bit um, as per, but regardless of that, of course, it's Cole Petum here as always, and I'm joined by Tom Nightingale as well. So Tom, how's it going for you? Yeah, not too bad. bad like you said, international break, boring as hell in it. We've got to find <laughs> things to do with ourselves. Uh, that's the thing about Villa. However, however they're playing so far in a season, it's, it's terrible when they stop and it, absolutely i mean we can only do so much and it feels like when i go on my feed once or twice a day during the international break it's just there's there's nothing really going on and it's a little sad and frustrating but nonetheless it's not just me and tom because let's be honest we, we heard that earlier in the week we've already ranted and raved about a a pretty dull one nil victory that most people thought uh, was massively frustrating, even though it was three points. And we got an hour plus out of that somehow, but that's probably just me and Tom ranting and raving more so than anything. We are pleased to be joined by Ash Priest, of course, from Birmingham live, the Aston Villa correspondent. So Ash, how's it going for you today? Oh, good lads. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. International week. And obviously we've just heard the news in France that Kamara's facing two months out. So um, yeah, just got lots of injuries lately, but I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to the Leeds game in what, 10 days time. So yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah, absolutely. It just can't come soon enough, can't it? But uh, no. Anyways, Ash, we do have you on for a reason. We do want to ask you some questions and get you involved in our little bit of chatter, rants and raves, whatever. We'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have uh, a few to kind of start off on a, a lighter note. And I, I know you probably have been asked these kind of questions in the past, but I'm sure listeners like to know these things, especially um, younger individuals looking to get into the profession and all that kind of stuff. So the first one I'll start you off with, apart from the whole thing of being a Villa reporter reporting on the, the club you love per se um, I, I guess really is there a specific thing about the job that you love in particular more so than others good question um, I just I like interacting with fans I like giving fans the news and I like breaking stories kind of thing I like that aspect I like me being me being on the ground for you so maybe me, me being your eyes and ears basically so anything happening at the training ground or or with the youth teams. I like to cover the whole thing, stadium plans, as we know. So being that Villa reporter for you guys, basically, that that's the most rewarding part of the job and, and bringing you the news. That, that That's what I enjoy most. People might say, oh, but you get to go to the football, so you watch the games free, and but um, you, you can watch football for free. You don't, get, you, you don't get to go and see Gerard weekly, so I try and give you the best I can in that aspect kind of thing. I, I can put your questions to the manager. 
I can relay what the manager said or or so I'm 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 your eyes and ears. I like I like that aspect of it. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to uh, reporters being able to go to games and stuff like that. I think a lot of people just think of the benefits and not the actual work and graft and things like mm. that, that have to go behind yeah. it. So with that, it doesn't even have to be a press conference or anything like that. What would you say in your time in your position so far has been, I guess the hardest moment um, being a Villa reporter so far? I think during the COVID, I was, I was Villa reporter during the COVID, COVID situation and quite a lonely job that was um, up and down the motorway on my own, going into stadiums on my own, coming out on my own. Um, and so that aspect was pretty tough. Now the press rooms are back open. You can interact with your, your peers more, which is, which is beneficial now. It's much more helpful. But yeah, during the COVID times, it was tough going. Um, and a lot of travelling at the weekends. You don't get a, weekend, a lot of travelling at weekends and stuff like that. That was quite, quite taxing during the time. But now the press rooms open, you get to see familiar faces. It's much much better that way, but yeah, usually the travel can be a bit can be a bit of a, an issue. But yeah, Villa's right in the middle of the country. I, mean, I don't know what the Newcastle reporters do or stuff like that. So we're looking at aspects. Absolutely, <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose as well during COVID, as you said about enjoying the sort of fan interaction side of it. Obviously, that was something that was completely missing, wasn't it? For however, yeah. I, I've lost track now of how long it actually was where the stadiums were completely empty, but it felt like a lifetime when we were when we were in the middle of it. It did. Um, it did. I was going to say you've got we've got it's quite an interesting perspective I think you being on this pod because although we've got you know the other lads that we that come on with us are based in the UK Cole and I are both based over in Canada and when you're talking about the fan interaction it, it made me think it's it's an incredibly useful thing I think to have reporters like yourself for fans who um, maybe don't have the luxury of being able to get to games whether it's for a geographical reason or for a financial reason or yeah. um, whatever and I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the I know you went down under uh, over the summer for that fantastic uh, that fantastic preseason tour and seeing all those Villa fans, you know, come out. It's it's interesting because over here, I've been over here in Toronto now for seven years or so, and it, it was about I'd say for about four years, not really knowing that there were very many Villa fans out here. You know, like watching, mm. trying to get links for streams, particularly when we're in the Championship. But then about three years ago, I discovered the Villa Toronto supporters group. I know you had a bit of interaction yes, with our chairman yes. yep. um, after that, the, the North American meetup we had in May. And I think it's that thing of once you have been a Villa fan, um, particularly my perspective, being a Villa fan in the UK, I used to be a season ticket holder, and then you move out to a different country and you discover these Villa fan communities out here. I think until you sort of see them for yourself, you don't quite realise the scope of Villa's global fan base. Were you, when you went to Australia, were you surprised by the level of sort of fervour that you saw from Villa fans? Yes, I was mind blown, to be honest, Tom. I really was. Um, just, I get that there's a lot of expats in, in Australia, more so than Canada, where you guys are from. There's a lot of, lot of people who are former senior to get older who moved out to Australia for a new life and they're very much brummy still, or, or, or big, big Villa fans. But yeah, the following out there was, was simply incredible. The, the fact that I was listening to our podcast, on the Clarence Blue channel, and they the, the listen to that religiously. The follow, I mean, they're getting up at staff the clock to watch the villa week in, week out, and they're really dedicated. And they follow, what is it 10,000 miles away? They're following, following us from afar, as the famous song goes. So, yeah, totally taken aback by it. I've had people coming up to me wanting photos and stuff. I was like, what is this? Um, so I'm just a villa, villa, villa fan like you guys, just lucky enough to do the, do the job. And, and yeah, so yeah, crazy experience. So lucky to, to have gone, once in a lifetime opportunity. And um, I'm so pleased I've gone, I went as well. 
there was obviously talk about going. I think I was the only Villa representative there from, from a media perspective. I thought it was very important to go. And looking back, yeah, one of my highlights of my career so far. And just, just being out there and, and like, again, being, being your eyes and ears, shining a light on the on the Aussie villains and, and, and giving them a platform saying, we, we follow Villa too. We love Villa as much as, much as you. And speaking to people. And you yeah, had to shine a light on it because I think it needed need doing. Hence why Villa went over there to, to spread the, the brand and whatnot. So, yeah, fantastic experience. And, and yeah, I was, I was totally taken aback. I really was. Absolutely. I do have to ask one thing about that trip. I mean, in terms of the time difference, how did you find that one? Because I can only imagine that would be a, a few days adjustment at the very least. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I was only there 11 days and I did three cities. I lost, lost count how many flights I did. Um, so yeah, 11 days, three games, starting in Brisbane, up to Queensland, uh, up to Townsville, then right across the country to Perth. So I packed a lot in, in, a, in a short period of time and yeah, the jet lag, yeah, it's tough. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's more, it's more in the mind, I think. I think if, if, if you feel, t- if, you, if you say you're tired, I think you, you'll feel tired. So I tried to plough on. Um, the kickoff times are pretty good over there as well. So, yeah, but yeah, I was fine by it towards the end. It was just that's a minor thing, really. So lucky to have gone, you know. So I couldn't grumble at all. Absolutely. Do you have, a, I guess, a favourite moment or two that stick out more than any other? Um... Meeting my brother over there. My brother lives in Sydney, so he flew oh, yeah. over to the Brisbane game um, for the lead. So just be, being with him pre-match and with his friends, and just being alongside my brother in Australia, first time I've seen him out there since he made the move in 2018. Um, so yeah, that was a nice, not nice moment for me, nice personal moment for me. And just meeting meeting friends. I mean, I had a, I had a, a couple, lovely couple from uh, Melbourne. They invited me around for breakfast, cut me a full English or oh, Ash, yeah, and they looked after me while I was over there as well. So making friends and and yeah, just just taking taking it all in really. But but yeah, being being my brother, that's quite special. Absolutely, I guess with Villa now, and especially under current ownership, when we look at tours like the Australian one and kind of growing the Villa brand per se. Do you think this is something we should probably expect as fans a little bit more? Of course, we had the the US tour a couple seasons back. Of course, do you, do you think this is something we should probably get more acclimatized to? Where you see your your Chelsea's and United's, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, go abroad and then go in these big tournaments? Oh, for sure, for sure. We, we've seen Christian Perslow's interviews about about spreading Villa's global global brand. I mean, they've got a team in out in Egypt, ZFC. Villa have um, they went over to Minnesota in 2019. That was a big part of Villa going stateside for the first time in a long while, um, especially the first time in the Eden Suarez uh, ownership as well. So that was important. Obviously, COVID affected matters after that. And then obviously, we went to Australia just now. I think Villa, Villa have made links with, with a couple of youth teams in Queensland as well. So, yeah, Villa, Villa much following the mantra set by Man City. I think Man City have about eight or nine teams all over the world. You map from Melbourne to Mumbai. Stuff like that. So, Villa are trying to do that as well. Commercially, it's huge, and um, just spreading that Villa footprint. And and yet, I've gone again. Um, but yeah, it's massive, massive, of massive importance to Perslow and the owners to spread the message. And and, and yeah, just make Villa as big as possible. And going to Australia was a big, big part of that. I think they'll go to America maybe, maybe next summer. That 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 will come again as well. I'll go out to Australia again at some stage as well. And yeah, I mean the Las Vegas villains maybe um, coming to fruition soon, soon enough. Um, so yeah, it's 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 happening. The owners got big ambitions, and 
they want to make Villa uh, more global and, and, and as big as possible. I think it's a, I think it's a big thing, really, because you talked about going statesides like Minnesota. I know as well they did. Um, they came to play uh, Toronto FC, so like close to where we're based. Um, come right, about two thousand seven i think something like that and you know i know mm. a few i know a few people from the, the the group or from people that i've met out here who i think you probably felt the same thing when you're in australia you meet people who have there, there's the expat population and there's people who started supporting villa for all kinds of reasons i know the the o'neill era was a very popular one for obvious reasons for um getting new villa fans from abroad but i know a few people who sort of latched onto villa because they saw them play at toronto fc's ground back in 2007 or whatever and started following them following from there and then developed into some of the most passionate fans that you could hope to find really. So I, I honestly, I know there's a lot of talk about, uh, I think it gets some fans goats about focusing on off field stuff and commercial and expansion and that sort of stuff. But um, if it breeds more passionate fans, more support from abroad and that sort of stuff, it's, it's only a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's where it all starts. You get to a game and you see Aston Villa play and then that's how it starts with the kids going and then they get onto the parents who want to follow them now and you got a new fan, haven't you? Straight away. I was just looking at that Toronto game. Uh, Luke Moore, Hattrick and a John Carew tapping. Oh, yeah. 4-2 back in 2007, yeah. But that's Luke, where it all starts. Yeah. Luke Moore went on to play for TFC as well afterwards. Of course, of course. Uh, he did. Yeah. See? But, um... Yeah, that's what it's about. Starting the fans young, and 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 like that, that's what it is, really. Uh, yeah, you follow you follow Villa friendlies, and that's how it all snowballs from there, doesn't it? Really, you have fans for life, and you have fans spending money on kits, merchandise, tickets flying over, and again, it's it generates income, doesn't it? And a bigger following. Absolutely. Well, let's. Let's switch to, I, I don't know if you'd call it more a, a serious topic, but we'll, we'll switch to modern day Villa at least. Of course, we, we would all like for Villa to be in a better position in terms of league table at this point in time. 15th in the table on uh, seven points minus four goal differential. We'd probably like to be, um, you'd probably say at least five plus positions higher, but you know what? It is what it is. So, I, I mean... Ash, it, when you sit back and you look at it, I mean, it's only been a small sample size. We've already had a very stop starty last month, of course, with the passing of the Queen, a little break there. And we all have our own opinions and debates how that should have been handled. And of course, now an international break. So it's been, I guess, good form within regards to Villa, but it's been, of course, just absolutely stop started with all these breaks and pauses. So I guess a good kind of question to ask you, what's been the best moment for you thus far this season? And if you can think of one, maybe you think as a, a disappointment as well. Ooh, put me on the spot here, Cole. Uh, best <laughs> moment. So <laughs> yeah, best moments. I'd say the, the performance against Man City, just out of nothing really, Villa going into that one, losing three on the spin in the league. Um, no hope whatsoever. You got Erlen Haaland rocking up. You think you're draining the worst there, and to put in a performance like that and to really dig in, and it was very dogged, and the fans applauded him off after that. So that was a big moment for me. That Man City one, it proved the players are still with Gerrard at this point. And as we've seen against Southampton, the, the, the ground out of a much needed win there as well. So that's been the been the been the best moment for me. The Man City points and could have been all three. Uh, it really could have, which is a scary thought, really, given Villa's form this season. Um, the disappointments it's just that, that one big bop on the nose opening day of the season expecting big things and Bournemouth absolutely battered Villa they really did they was up for it and 
yeah, that was a real surprise and massive disappointment. Given all the hype in pre-season, the new signings, it was all everything was all set. Um, and to go down to Bournemouth on the opening day, Wes Edens was in the crowd as well, and to set that tone then was, was really disappointing. So that that was that was really bad. Yeah, but like you say, very disjointed season, stop start, injuries. I've seen people on Twitter saying end the season now. <laughs> <laughs> I see where they're coming from, to be fair. But um, this, I'm very, very intrigued by the next next run of games. You know, obviously we've got nine games now before the World Cup, so get this international break out of the way. Back to back away games now. Um, they haven't won an away game this season. Big character test, and yeah, nine games, eight in the league, one in the cup before the World Cup. But have a good idea where Villa will be then. Um, so this little batch of fixtures now crucial for the season. I remember, I remember when the you know when the fixtures came out and October stood out straight away as a really jam packed, busy month yep. and a month that might be kind of defining early on. And I think if anything, unfortunately, the way the season's gone so far, not just on the pitch but off it with the injuries we talked about earlier on, like it's only got bigger, isn't it? Really um, huge. I don't like don't like buying in too much to um, if you don't start season well it's a write-off, but particularly with the work, the big World Cup, like the six-week World Cup break is going to kill all yeah. the momentum and it's also also going to provide a period to, for everyone at the club to sort of reassess where we are. Like, it's it, October feels pretty massive. It does, it does. Yeah, it feels like there's, there's two seasons yeah. happening, really. Mini one here and it'll restart again um, Boxing Day onwards. So, yeah, this October month, what we got, we've got six games all crammed in. We're going to come thick and fast. Villa got to get points on the board. That's not beat around the bush. They got to get points on the board quick, quick time. Um, <clears throat> they managed to do that last time out, and they need to build on that now. Um, so yeah, massive month both for the manager and the club as well. Yeah, hundred percent, Tom. I'll actually spin this question to you first. I mean, we probably talked about this privately a, a gazillion times, or at least the group of us on the Holt cast. But who would you say needs to step up? This, this season so far? Who have you not really been impressed with and kind of expecting better from? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, I would have said, honestly, not to... I mean, I, I love him. I still love the fact he's a Villa player, but I, I would have probably said Phil Coutinho until maybe even until the last game. I thought, la- I, thought last, uh, I thought last week was his best performance of the season so far. I thought he was getting the ball down, really starting to dictate the play a bit and showing the flashes of the player that we know is in there. But unfortunately, I think we haven't quite seen... You know, we haven't quite seen that to the level that we're all hoping for. If he can build on that performance and start to have more of the influence we, that we know he's capable of, you know, I'm thinking of uh, thinking of the Leeds game at home last year, that madcap three-all draw, and then the Southampton win at home. And, you know, there were games last season where he was unplayable, really. If we can get back to that, get that form out of him, um, I think that could be a real, a, a real key for us. Apart from that, you know, I don't really... I don't really think there are any players that I'd sort of hook this on. I'm not I'm like it's it's a difficult one to assess, isn't it? Like I know there's been a lot of talk on social media about is it the tactics, is it the morale, is it the stop start season having its effect, the injuries to new sign-ins. I don't really think there's anybody you know, there's been a lot of talk about McGinn, hasn't there? About um but again, I thought he um I thought he picked it up a bit last game, particularly as we were seeing out the win. Last 10, 15 minutes he sort of grabbed it by the scruff of the neck a bit more in the way that we know he can do. Um, so I think more than players, I think it's just about see, well, far easier said than done. I'm saying it from, I'm saying it from a literal armchair, being an arm, literal armchair fan right now. Um, but I think it's just more about getting some momentum going and getting, maybe get some confidence going through these guys. Cause we've looked, 
particularly until pre-City, we've, the confidence level has just not been there at all, has it? No, no. not at all. Ash, how do you see that one? Would you agree with Tom, or is there any players in particular you think maybe you need to step up a little more so than others? Yeah, I think confidence. I think a lot of the players are taking a confidence hit, Coutinho being one of them, although he did look bright last game again. And that captaincy is, is weighed heavy on him, mm. I, I believe, and he's trying too hard. And yeah, the loss of form, losing losing games, it's just it's not a recipe for success, is it really? So form hasn't been great, and you're going to go into your shell a bit more, aren't you, as a player? You're not going to express yourself a bit more. You'll take the, the safer pass as opposed to taking a risk. So yeah, it's a combination of things, I think. I think interesting that Gerard alluded to last week that he's still about the departure of Michael Beale. They're still feeling that. Um, we also know Amy Martinez's interview saying just how, how big an influence he was uh, during meetings and, and throughout the last season. So he's been a big miss as well. And Villa are finding the way, finding a new identity now. Gerard's leaning on Critchley more, obviously, since his involvement. So it's, it's a number of things. Injuries, obviously, changing the back four straight away, giving Carlos his injury. I think Mings has done well after the big decision on him. But yeah, confidence, I think for me, I think what's Gerard won? Eight games this calendar year so far. Um, they haven't really improved too much. Um, so yeah, they need to be more consistent. And I think confidence is, is the big issue. And like, like you say, the Man City one, you draw against them, I could have won it. Confidence again, you beat your Southampton. You're starting to get that momentum again and hopefully they'll take that into the Leeds game. I'd have loved to have, I'd have, loved to have actually had the opportunity to play Leicester after the city yes game. that was the one not, i'm not counting that it's we, we i'm not saying we would have won it mm. but you know that was a, that would have been a real opportunity wouldn't it to build some momentum after city and to have that i'm very pleased that we unless southampton wasn't a great game i'm very pleased we came away with the win because i was a bit concerned after that week's break that the city game might be forgotten and the momentum might sort of evaporate before we had a chance to take take advantage of it um so, I mean, that was a shame, but it's that thing. It's, I said this to Cole the other day, like it's the fourth season in a row now, isn't it? Where it's been disrupted by something or other after yeah. three years of COVID disruptions or whatever. So I say, and then back to October, October's the chance to sort of put that right a little bit in it and start yeah. get, really get the, really get the wheels moving. Yeah. Momentum's everything. It really is. And as we've seen the last two games, it's starting to build a little bit now that players are playing a bit, with a bit more confidence. We've even seen a bit of, a bit of the old McGinn as well which was welcome last week. So, yeah, hopefully it all falls into place. But tough game against Leeds coming up. Mm. Big character test now over this next month. Um, we'll see what they're made of. Yeah, absolutely. I almost think in a weird way with a jam-packed schedule, it actually lets some of these players get some form, get some consistency. There's essentially at some point going to be some decent rotation as well with how heavy the schedule is going to be before the break. So I think that'll massively help. Now, I guess in terms of standout performers so far this season, Ash, has there been anyone that's maybe not necessarily surprised you? Because I think most of these Ville players, we know what to expect, but have you been impressed by, I guess, one or two more so than others? Yeah, I think Tyrone Mings jumps out straight away. I don't think he's put a foot wrong, to tell you the truth. I think that decision to take the armband off him has worked. I think he's, he's worried about his own game now. He's making less mistakes. Um, I think that's yeah, that's been a, a real positive for me. Tyrone Mings' form um, looks strong, looks, looks, looks confident as well. Um, so that's been, that's been a plus. Um, anything else, really? I think I've got Watkins' work. I really have. I know he hasn't had the goal return he would have liked. He's got the one goal, a couple of assists for Ali, but he looks like he's giving Villa a bit more now as well. 
yeah, but other than that, it's, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, we've, we've lost more than we've won. So, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say Mings has been the standout and, and Watkins has been decent enough as well. Other than that, can't really shout too, shout too much about the form of some players coming, really. That hasn't been good enough, hence our, hence our league position. We talked about, I mean, Cole and I talked about Watkins a bit on, on the last pod that we did. But what, like, I agree on Watkins. I think he's got, in a lot of ways, I think he's got a very thankless task, really, for us, particularly the way the season's gone so far up, up front on his own. Um, the amount of times in a game that a ball's fired into him, either in the air or at feet, and he's not only does he, not only are you hoping for a perfect first touch, but he's got to wait for people to get up in support. Right. And it's, uh, I think he, do, I think he does a very good job. There's too, there's too much, I think, these days of judging strikers purely on the, the, what, the key stats, you know, the goals and the assists. Yeah. Um, but in a team like us, particularly the way we've been playing this year, I think the strikers job's about so much more than that. And he, I agree. I think he's been a, I think he's been a good outlet for us. The other person we, sh- we shouted, we shouted out and we called, we talked, talked quite a lot about last time is I've been so, so impressed with Ashley Young coming yes. in since Cat since Cash has got injured. Mm. Um, I mean, he is obviously like a completely different player to the one who left us. Um, fitter now than he was when he was 24, which is remarkable. <laughs> and he's not, I don't think he's really done anything wrong, has he, in the last two games since since coming, you know, since he stepped in uh, City and sort of locked down Phil Foden for the remainder of that game. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we've talked quite a lot about his, the sort of nous and the experience that he brings, but I sort of feel a bit bad for overlooking the quality that he still has as well. Yeah, Which I think bag- it's really been on show last couple. Yeah, bags of quality, Ashley Young. Um, rallies of troops as well. Interesting, I think when Ramsey scored as well, he told the players, well, in 10 minutes, switch on time. It's so key behind the behind the scenes, Ashley Young. Such a key signing. Uh, no brainer to, to extend his stay by a year. Doing his coaching badges now as well. So we'll see if he makes the move to Villa's coaching staff, maybe. But yeah, like you say, ability wise, he's got everything. Picks the right pass, strong defensively as well. Uh, can do any, anything so yeah massive plus Ashley Young he's good in the cup against Bolton as well and last two games solid as a rock so um, yeah love a bit of Ashley absolutely and I'm still waiting for him to absolutely smash one into the top corner with a little bit of curl on it we need to yes. relive some of those old days at least one we more do. time and uh, <laughs> as, I, as I always joke about on this podcast Ash I'm still waiting for Marvel Nakamba to score a screamer I don't think that's ever probably going <laughs> to happen for Villa but regardless of that we'll have to wait and see maybe one day in a random cup game, it could potentially happen. But <laughs> let's let's get a little, I guess, down for a second because we are Villa fans and we just can't have nice things. And that being Bubakar Kamara's yeah. injury now seems like like he's reported at the very start around two months, which kind of pushes us ever so closer to basically not seeing him until after the World Cup, most likely at this point. I mm-hmm. mean how much of a blow is this? I mean, the last time it feels like we really had a true out and out defensive midfielder for me, at least was the, the relegation season where it was just absolute chop and change. And we had the talent, but really couldn't put together, but how much of a miss do you think this will be for this side? And how do you think Steven Jared will really kind of react in terms of the, the line, if we put it. It's that time of the year, your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's making this, I think, the, the, the sign of Dundonka now looking all the more all the more crucial, really, isn't it? It's a massive blow for Villa, this one. I've seen people saying today, oh, it's only two months, so I expected worse, but... This two-month period now is massive for Villa, as we've spoken about it during the pod. So, come at a bad time for me. I know we're in international break and, and, and whatnot, but it's so people to, to, to Villa and what, what, what they do. He's the perfect number six to come in we've longed for. Um, hasn't ripped it up but this season by any means, Kamara, but he's, he's been he's been there when you needed him, mopping up danger, great pass for the ball. And I think Villa are going to miss him, miss him badly. So, um, yeah, tough one. We'll see where they go from here. Obviously, Dendonka's the natural fit for me to come in there. Um, but Dendonka's not, not a Bruba Kamara, is he? So, yeah, we, I'm really intrigued to how they address this now, Gerard. Um, yeah, I can't. If there's one player you didn't want injured, it was Kamara out of, yeah. out of them all. Maybe, maybe Watkins giving what he gives us, but it's it's Kamara, huge loss. Tom, Tom, your reaction? Yeah, I mean, he's quite like he's been like you say, it's not he hasn't ripped it up, but nobody, nobody has nobody has. really for us this year. Uh, he's, he's clearly yeah, but he's clearly quality in it. You can see why you can really see why teams Atletico Madrid and the the, the the teams of that ilk were interested in him, and it was a huge coup I think to get him. Um, it's just it's just so frustrating. It's the story. I think I feel like fans of every football team probably feel like this with their this, you have that sort of insular view, don't you, of your own club? But yeah. it feels like a very very Aston Villa thing to happen to to finally sort of bring in that quality at central defence and defensive midfield and to lose both of them within seven games um that's a feels like a uniquely villa experience and it's just frustrating because we thought we'd we thought we'd sort of solved the issue didn't we and i, I agreed that dendonka if i was picking the team if i'm picking the team tomorrow it's dendonka for me who comes in as well but you just yeah. it's after having last season where the balance of i think it's fair to say the balance of midfield was off more often than it was than it was right, you know, trying to work out which of Louise and McGinn can sort of play more of the defensive role when neither of them particularly uh, wants to take on that 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 position. Really, they both prefer playing further forward, as we know. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's uh, two months. Like I mean, at least it isn't longer. But like you say, two months. That's what you said. It's nine games in it that could. Mm go a long way to defining the season. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, it just feels very Villa, doesn't it? We could see a Nakamba screamer, maybe. Nakamba coming back into the fold as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Nakamba's an interesting one because I think he does. I think there, there are jobs at, in that defence midfield role that I think Nakamba does very, very well. And he showed a lot yeah. of improvement, didn't he? But um, I don't know. It's another test for Gerard, isn't it? The tests don't have come thick and fast yes. <laughs> uh, at, at this level. And um yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I do think that I feel like Den Donker's probably, like you say, he's not, he's not, he's not a Kamara necessarily in the way that he plays, or even no disrespect to him necessarily at the, the quite the same quality level, I would say. But, but I think he brings that sort of combative sort of uh, mm. puts himself about, but also has the ability to go forward with it a bit more. But it's a good opportunity for him, isn't it, to show show us what he's made of and, and stake that claim. 
yeah, for a signing that came out of nowhere, according to Gerard, never on Villa's radar, Dendonka. Um, <laughs> what a crucial signing he could be now. I think he's in action tonight, Belgian play, so I get some much-needed minutes for him during this little little break. So, yeah, what a signing it could turn out to be. Been around the block, done it, over 100 appearances for Wolves, a side that continuously finished above Villa as well, played in Europe for Wolves as well during his time. But, yeah, gives, gives Villa a presence in there. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how, see how he reacts. And I think, yeah, he's your like for like replacement, isn't he, for sure? It's one of the, Dendonka is one of those sign-ins that I think it's fair to say is never going to... Never going to set like Twitter alight with excitement no. in the way of like a Coutinho or whatever. But he reminded me a bit, maybe it's an odd comparison because I know Chambers isn't playing, but it strikes me as a similar kind of ilk as the Chambers signing, which I think could turn out to be a very savvy piece of business to boost your squad. And, you know, it's, it's those steps, isn't it, towards building a more well-rounded squad and getting that quality and depth that I think Villa fans have been complaining has been missing for years. Yeah, the depth's important, yeah. And like you say, when injuries do happen, like we've had with Kamara, you need that, that backup man to come in and, and do a good job. And, and, and yeah, so, yeah, I think the floor is Le- Leander's and I've got confidence in him. He'll do well. Premier League proven. Yeah. Plenty of caps for Belgium as well. You don't get picked by Belgium for no reason as well. So, I've got every every confidence in him. Been sure how, how he does in there, though, obviously. Different dynamic. Yet to really play with his, his new teammates at Villa. So, might take him a while to set up, we'll see. Absolutely. Tom, do you think, I, I guess, of course, with Kamara being out, do you think this will more so maybe change the way that Jared wants to set up the team or anything like that, per se? Or do you think it'll be kind of uh, business as usual in regards to that? Because, I, I mean, we've probably seen a little bit of the latter, but we've also seen at times as well that he's like to stick to, uh, I guess, the, the tried and tested. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't this might be, uh, Ash probably better at answering this question than I am, but I think he'll probably, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we bring uh, Dendonker and we, and we we carry on really, because I think I think Gerard will be impressed. I know McGinn splits fans or whatever, but I think McGinn will be, um, Gerard will be impressed from what he's seen from McGinn in the last couple of games. I think he's had a bit of that fight back and a bit of that fire back. Um, Ramsey, obviously, just been nominated, isn't he, for uh, Player yeah. of the Month. Um, which is great nod for him. He's uh, contributed well, particularly in the last two games. So I, I, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's necessarily any, any need to upset the apple cart, uh, at least not straight away. Um, but it will be interesting, especially with games coming so 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 thick and fast. Because um, you know Douglas Louis is going to be one who's going to he's going to be feeling that he deserves more minutes perhaps than he's been getting, isn't he? But then it's if you bring him in, it's back to that issue I think we had last year of how do you can. How do you and can you make Louise McGinn and Ramsey work well as a rounded midfield three? Like we struggled with that, didn't we, last year? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having Dendonka in there as a as a sort of new dimension is, yeah, as Ash says, it's uh, turned out very well already. Thank goodness, I think, really. Callum Chambers as well. I remember, remember playing defensive <laughs> midfield up at Burnley. I remember that. Well, yeah, so that's another option, I guess. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, actually, funnily enough, we did bring that up on the last podcast, and I thought Tom was going to think I'm absolutely crazy. But regardless <laughs> of that, uh, it did happen, and we did have some um, marginal success with it. I guess you could say so. Yeah, we could have, we could have another could have another Callum Chambers wonder goal at Elland Road, couldn't we? Oh yeah. Do we think that was actually meant? I, I still sometimes wonder if, like, <laughs> you, you know, when no player is ever going to deny it, but realistically, do we think that was actually meant to go in? What you saying is a cross. Yeah, a good stroke. <laughs> well, it's too late now. We might as well give him the credit because I don't think the history books are ever going to change it. But he, he was shooting. Yeah, I think he yeah. meant it. 
Yeah, I think well, he it, was. I think he was ambitious, but it, you know, all worked out in the end, didn't it? Well, it's like was it uh, was it Cisse for Newcastle all those years ago? Now, probably over a decade now, when he all that ridiculous one. Yeah, when everyone yeah. says yeah. he meant to actually shoot that. Let's be realistic. That uh, <laughs> well, well, we, they they can say what they want, but the jury's still out there for me. But uh, anyways, I guess one way to kind of wrap this portion of the pod up before we move on to. Um, kind of a more lighthearted um, ending question for Ash. I, it's been a very interesting summer to say the least transfer wise. And I, I know a lot of people were probably expecting Villa to splash the cash a little bit more, or maybe sign a few more players. I know, uh, for example, uh, Neil from for the love of Palmer Gras loves to scout about 20,000 different players every summer. Um, and <laughs> if it was up to him, we'd probably have the deepest squad of all time. Um, so I guess wash out Chelsea in regards to that. But Ash, when you're looking at the summer, were you pleased with the business or do you think there was still maybe one or two kind of areas that still needed to be addressed perhaps? I mean, yeah, on the face of it, the way that they went about the business early on, getting Kamara, what a coup that was. And then to Diego Carlos came out of nowhere as well. Didn't see that one coming. Um, so the shout out a lot for him. Two very important positions for Gerard centre-back and central midfielder. Wanted to strengthen his spine and he did that. So, yeah, just just, just fine tweaks, fine additions there. And you're thinking the base of a good squad. Needs to get the best out of it now. He didn't get the best out of it last season. Dean Smith losing his job. Gerard arriving and doing well initially. Um, you always want more, don't you, I guess? And, and now, given the injuries we've had, you're looking back now. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, you know. Could be sitting yeah. here. Could be a lot different. Um, Kamara could be Carlos could be playing Kamara could be into, into his into his rhythm as well so yeah it is what it is to kind of phrase but looking back did they leave, leave themselves short tough one it's really tough I don't know up front what can you do up front really Watkins and Ings they're going to play your majority of the games aren't they giving the money spent on them Buendia could record Sonny you want to see more from him and I was relying on more seeing like Leon Bailey, a fully fit Leon Bailey, good great in pre-season. So that yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too concerned at the time. I don't know about you guys, but I thought that it was it was savvy at the time, getting the two players I did and, and tying Coutinho down on a, on a permanent was good, looked good, good on the outside. Just wait, waiting for it all to come together, aren't we? And we're still waiting now. And yeah, I don't think Jared knows your strongest team. So I, I don't know what, what do you guys think? I'm the same as you, really. I thought, and it's difficult. It's like we're talking with hindsight now. We couldn't, you can't really legislate for so many key injuries so early on, right? You're not going to, in no world are we going to have been expecting our first choice right back, first choice centre back, first choice defensive midfielder to all be injured seven games into the season. Um, But I thought, I was the same with you. I thought our business was pretty good, really. Like you say, fans, understandably, I think, I think it's the football manager side in us all, and fans always want more. But, I thought the business was pretty good. All, all I will say is we made some nice squad additions. Den Donker, Ludwig Augustinsson on loan at left back. With the greatest of respect, I I'm, 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 I would have been hoping to have not seen them thrown into the action quite so soon, perhaps. We'll see mm-hmm. what. I think we're gonna, about to see what uh, Augustinsson's made of, aren't we, probably? Um, but... You've got to. I guess there's nothing you can do really, is there? Apart from place, I was pretty happy with the with 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 the business on the face of it. And all you can really do is trust the trust the decision makers at the club to do their do their scouting, do their analytics, and 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 strengthen the squad and move forward from there. But we'll uh, 
we'll see. It's certainly a blow to have ended up with probably, okay, Coutinho on a permanent, but apart from Coutinho, our two biggest and most yeah. uh, exciting signings of the summer um, out long-term is just gutting, isn't it, really? Really, it really is. Like you say, jumping about and strengthening the spine and then, then to get injured. Gutting, really. Would you have loved a new striker in the summertime? Was that an area for you or not really? I wasn't particularly, honestly, I wasn't particularly concerned because, like you said, no. like, what you can, for a start, what are you going to do? At, like, where, where, where are you going to get one from? Mm. Like, a proven striker who, okay, because what I know, I know you can look back at the example of, like, say, Ben Teke when we signed him wasn't exactly proven, but that's, that's just in a standout example of one of those decisions going right, isn't it? There are plenty of those decisions that, that go, that go very much the other way. And I think looking at Watkins and Ings, I know that maybe we're not getting quite the regular goals from them that we'd like to be getting. But you look at any club outside the top eight, which we are, you know, any mid-table at the moment, particularly lower mid-table club, most of them would kill for Watkins and Ings as mm. your two your two striking options up front. Throwing Cameron Archer, I know he's not getting game time. There's a debate there about whether a championship loan might have been better for him, given the lack of minutes. But you look at those three as your striker options for a team who are mired in mid-table really with only yeah. let's be let's be honest only really aspirations of getting higher than about ninth or tenth um i didn't think there was much improvement on those options that could have been done for for decent value and without taking a significant gamble so um what i would you know you know what i would like to just say a bit more of is like you say if people like bailey can stay fit find ways to get Coutinho, Buendia when he's on the pitch involved a bit more and just get that chance creation up a little bit more. Because if you give Watkins and I think maybe particularly Ings when he's on the pitch, you get, you you give them, you know, one or two more chances per game than they got last season and they'll score more goals. It's uh, I do believe with those two up front, it's, it's pretty much as simple as that. Mm. Absolutely. And of course, I did see something on Twitter not too long ago saying that uh, a fit Leon Bailey is like a new signing. So it's always good to see one of those where... You sign a player, it doesn't work out the season prior, and then they're basically a new signing the following. I've, I always love those. I've already seen uh I've already seen Bubakar Kamara will be like a new signing in January. That's uh we've we we have to cling to that, don't we, to a certain <laughs> degree, I think, as Villa fans. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't think you can get him on two free transfers, but we'll we'll take it nonetheless. <laughs> but uh Anyways, Ash, we'll ask you uh, one more question here and then we'll uh, let you go so we don't take too much of your time. We do appreciate it. It's a little bit of an odd one, but we try to be a little bit more creative or I should say Tom was because he's basically done most of these questions uh, for me because he's actually really good at it. So who would you say is your dream Villa-related interviewee and why? Dream Villa-related interviewee? Um, mm, Interesting one. I'd love to sit down with Jack, Jack, you know, Grealish. Yeah. I, think, I think I think that would, would come across quite well. I know it's, it, him leaving is easy now, and we, we get why. But at the time, it would have been nice to have a sit down with him, maybe, to explain his reasons why and, and stuff. Get, I think it would have been good to get some clarity from him why he left. I know why he left to win trophies and stuff, and 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 that really. But that 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 would have been a good one. I didn't get to interview Jack during, during my time at Villa. Gutted really. I think it would have, would have got on really well. Got a lot in common. Um, that would be yeah, an interesting one now, looking back. But, yeah, uh, interesting one. Interviewee who I'd like to sit down with. I'd say who would be, who would be a, bit, a bit out of the box would be uh, Tony Zia, Dr. Tony. I haven't heard oh, from yeah. him, have we? <laughs> but, yeah, try and track him down. But, yeah, I'd like to sit, speak, speak with the owners as well. The owners would be good. That, 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 that don't tend to do interviews, do they, the owners? That would be fantastic to hear from them. 
Um, anyone else really? Tony Zia would be a great one. You could write your uh, you could write your article in emojis, couldn't you? When emojis. To him. Yeah, you could. <laughs> but um, yeah, trying to think really. Uh, stumped about you, about you, Tom Cole. I had a nasty feeling you were going to flip this back to me because it's just occurred to me that I haven't I haven't considered this myself at all. I haven't prepared any kind of answer. I do think I think the Tony Zia one's interesting. Not necessarily not necessarily him, but it would be it'd be very interesting. I think with how how long is it now? Five six years of hindsight to sort of yeah. dive back a bit into the relegation season and pick that apart a little bit because obviously at the time you sort of it's a horror show isn't it it's a waking it's nightmare. chaos wasn't it yeah whereas now with hindsight tell you what that would have been a fascinating uh not wouldn't wouldn't have wouldn't have reflected well on us but what a fascinating like all or nothing documentary yeah. that would have made yeah be a fly on the wall for that season would have been really interesting i think so you know maybe tony zier or uh what was his name keith keith Winers, yeah um somebody like that i, I think uh if they were willing to go sort of nose holds barred you know and, yeah. uh, and really lift the lid. That'd be, I think, that'd be fascinating, but probably in a sort of a almost a morbid way from a <laughs> from a Villa point of view. Absolutely, I can still think of exactly where I was when the announcement came out that uh, Doctor Tony, as as they like to call himself, um, was announced as a new owner. I was on a bus coming back home, and I think I was literally passing through Toronto at the time, and I was so excited thinking, "Oh, Villa are saved." Um, <laughs> little, little, very little did we know that yeah. uh, a lot of things almost went wrong, but. Uh, I guess for me, the one, maybe this is weird. And I, I feel like, um, of course, everyone knows James Rushton. Of course, he has part of this man's memorabilia. I would love to speak to Tim Sherwood and just kind of get some more info info on uh, yeah. kind of his time and the down quick downfall in the relegation season and how that all kind of came together. Like who who um, kind of gave the go ahead for the signings and all that kind of stuff, because there was just an absolute mishmash. And it would like to kind of have more info on all when it went all really, really wrong. But uh, anyways, let's, let's not focus on those days because they're long gone. And uh, <laughs> let's be honest, they make a lot of people very frustrated and sad still. But uh, anyways, Ash, uh, we'll get you out of here. Thank you very, very much for uh, joining us. It's greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, for any odd reason, if anyone doesn't know of you, which would be basically impossible in the Villa world, because where else do they get their info? Uh, where can they find you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Priest Observer. Uh, the reason why it's Observer as well, people might not know. I used to work on the uh, the Great Bar Observer and the Sutton Observer when I was a news news journalist as well. So that's why my handles like that. I, I, bet I get I get asked about that quite a lot. But yeah, at Priest Observer on Twitter, try and keep you all informed. You've got what's going on, and and yeah. So yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Really enjoyed that. Nice to catch up. Big fan of the, the channel, and uh, yeah, up the villa as they say. Yeah, it's appreciated. To be honest, the observer part, I thought you were just very observant and you just put that in there, to be honest. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I've thought about that t- from time to time when I randomly scroll through probably like 11 o'clock at night, but oh, yeah. uh, that's just the thoughts of me. And of course, Tom, thank you very much for joining us. Of course, where can people find you? I'll let you shout yourself out this time so I don't have to do it automatically for you. No, you can find me uh, at TD Nightingale on Twitter, but I don't recommend it. I've got to be honest. Stick, uh, <laughs> stick to Ash. Ignore me. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, Tom does like to get his abuse, but anyways, that's what the the (laughs) mute button is for. But of course, you can find me on Twitter at TalkAstonVilla. Of course, you can tweet the team as well at 7500Holt. If you want to email us, HoltCast at gmail.com. Hopefully, we should have a uh, match preview leading up to the Leeds game uh, with seven of the Leeds fan or journalist, um, hopefully on the Thursday or Friday prior to the match. But uh, we'll leave that up to see if Seb can uh, wrangle someone there. So we'll, we'll leave that to be a little bit of mystery. But anyways, like I said, thank you guys for joining. We'll leave it there. And don't forget, up the villa. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.